Hi to all you unconventional conventionists. Welcome to Rocky Talkie. I'm Jacob. I'm Aaron. And I'm Meg. Word, y'all. Now before we get started with the show, Wiki Wiki Whack, I'd like to take a moment and ask each other, dog, how was your week? Did you get up to anything fun in the hizzy? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, this past weekend, I played hooky from our show. We had a show um, at Village East that I did not attend. And instead, I went down to West Virginia and visited my best friend. Uh, we went to a party. We went to karaoke. Um, but we, we had a really great time. We live far away, so we don't get to see each other much. So it was nice to, to get some FaceTime in. What about you, Jacob? Uh, this past week, I have been really busy um, with App Academy. App Academy is like a condensed cram trade school for software development that I recently got into. So I'm super excited about that. I have been hard at work on my visual code terminal, doing a lot of Ruby right now, having a blast. Also, I saw my lovely girlfriend, Andrea. Andrea, I love you. Um, Yeah. And you just started with App Academy, right? This is your first... This is my first week. Um, It is super intensive. Even before this week, I was doing work studying for like tests to get in. And then once I was in preparing for day one and after day one, every day is like 11 hours plus of code. Damn. I mean, awesome. It's going to be really good when you fucking graduate and get that baller job. Get that fucking money, 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 cha-ching. Mr. Krabs in it up over here. (laughs) Papa Bui. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So so part of the process of getting in is you have to have an interview and like like a regular person interview. There's one technical interview where you uh, talk, where you do coding problems and prove you can code. And there's one regular interview where they just like personality to who you are and stuff. And you have an admission specialist they assign to you at the very beginning of the whole thing who's like guides you through everything. And before mm-hmm. your interview, you have a meeting with your admission specialist and they t- tell you like, Hey, here's what you should watch out for, and here's you know what you should do properly uh, to be to do the best interview you can. And one thing my admission specialist stressed was like, oh, you know, they're gonna ask you why you want to code. Like, like don't talk about the money. It's like, you know, oh, I know, you know, money's nice, but don't, don't like, don't like, it'll, it'll reflect badly if you want the money. And it's like. What a goddamn lie we're all living under if if we're not admitting if we don't they don't know that every single one of us is in those seats for the fucking money. Coding is nice and all, but Jesus Christ is a lot of cash too. How much cash is it, sweetie? I don't know. I was writing code for eleven hours for fun. <laughs> don't no. talk about the money. That's such capitalist bullshit. Give me a fucking break. Right? I do my job because I want money. Fuck you. <laughs> I'd do Rocky all the time if I didn't give a shit about money. You would? No, probably not. Ugh. Aaron, what did you do this past week? I'm sure you got up to a lot of fun bachelor stuff with Meg out of town. Indeed. While the old ball and chain is off in... Nah, I don't even know where to go with that. You boomer. Uh... <laughs> no, I had uh, I had the house to myself, and since uh, since Meg wasn't going to the show this week, I wasn't going to the show this week. So I uh, also played hooky from our show. 
It was okay, though, because I had a broadcast of Reefer Madness uh, to do on our HPS Live this weekend from JCCP. I think we'll talk about that later. That was super fucking fun. No, while Meg was gone, I, uh, I mostly just went down a YouTube rabbit hole about vaudeville. What for? Well, okay. So there's this subreddit that's called R Obscure Media. Right. And it's mostly just like old videos, weird, you know, like mid-century, you know, kind of lost footage media kind of stuff. I mean, it's Reddit, so it's not really all that lost. Half of its reposts. Um, but one thing they had on there was this like Olsen and Johnson show from like 1936, I want to say, pre-war. And it's them trying to bring a vaudeville show to television that is in turn an adaptation of a movie that was itself an adaptation of an earlier vaudeville show that they had done in the early 30s. Okay, why does anybody care about this? It, it it's fascinating to me to watch some of this old kind of vaudeville stuff and see the parallels that it has to kind of modern kind of variety performance to stuff like shadow casting to stuff like you know improv shows and drag and burlesque and anyway i just went down an absolute rabbit hole of these old videos and had a blast just sitting up watching I don't know, guys from the 30s make jokes that I had to Wikipedia every five minutes. <laughs> so yeah, super exciting. I awesome. Can, I can I can hear you guys are so interested. <laughs> uh, oh, Aaron! What? That sounds so cool! Wow! God, oh my god, I know some of our listeners are hardcore vaudeville stands and are going to be so popped to hear that because I am popped. To hear about all the vaudeville going on in the Tedwell Fierro household. And oh my god, I just want to be there Saturday night watching vaudeville. Did you have a favorite? Do you have any recommendations for our listeners who might be interested? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any of the classic stuff, Abbott and Costello or, you know, like just, just go on YouTube, look for old timey crap. And, you know, there's a surprisingly small amount of documentaries about vaudeville, but... There is a good amount of, like, old footage from the era, and it's it's kind of interesting to, when you kind of think about it and realize that all of the footage of it is, like, the good stuff, because none of the bad vaudeville acts ever got recorded, right? They never got put on film, because vaudeville's decline was at the same time that film was on an uptick right they didn't really live together for a very long period so you don't see any of like the average show you only have videos left of like the good stuff um and thinking that this is the good stuff is kind of interesting when you go and look at it because there's some weird fucking shit out there well speaking of weird fucking shit how about we uh start with the show what do you guys think uh yeah i'm actually uh I'd love to start the show, but I am now curious hearing Aaron say that. What are like, like, what's the biggest takeaway joke that uh, wouldn't make sense at all? I don't know. What was the weirdest one you watched? Eh, yeah. Okay, so this is actually, it's not so much the weirdest thing I saw, but it was the most like, aha, oh, interesting moment that I saw. So that 
show that I was talking about at the very beginning. It was called Fireball Fun for All, right? It's Olsen and Johnson. They're this, like, you know, comedic duo. Um, they're doing a riff on the movie that they had done called Hell's a Poppin'. <laughs> right. It's based on the stage show, Hell's a Poppin'. Um, but anyway, I, so I went and I actually watched the Hell's a Poppin' movie that had come out, and I didn't realize it until, like, three quarters of the way through, that if you've ever seen that, like, it's probably the most famous old-timey dance video that's, uh, all of these black dancers doing the Lindy Hop. And it's fucking crazy. It's all the stuff with them flipping all over the place and being flung around and, like, just... It is one of the craziest things that you've ever seen. It still holds up today as just an amazing dance video. And I've seen it a bunch of times before. I had absolutely no idea that this was what it was from. Super fucking cool to see it in context. And then to kind of think about the fact that the context was kind of shitty because they... At that point, they couldn't put colored actors and white actors on screen at the same time. Uh, yeah, big oof on that one. But, like, amazing, amazing technical work on this one. Like, it was so cool to see. So, anyway, if, if you're going to check anything out, go check that bit out. Because it's like, oh, shit. That's why the Lindy Hop is cool. That sounds awesome, actually. It's neat that it was documented that way. I'm curious to watch it myself. What's it It's the fire something? Hell's a Poppin'. Hell's a Poppin'. It's from. Mm-hmm. All right. O- Olsen and Johnson. Is it on YouTube? Can we link it in our show notes? No. Oh. <laughs> I had to pay for that fucking thing. Oh. oh, damn. You have to pay for it? You know, I might I might catch it in the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think it is on YouTube. All right. If I can find it, I'll link it in the show notes. Don't worry about it. Deal. I can at least link that dance because I know that that clip for, of that dance is out there, so. All right. Well, you heard it. The clip, at least, if not the entire thing, will be linked in our show notes for anyone who wants to watch. And now that all the the goosing around is out of the way, first up, let's dive into our first segment, Global News. So, we here at Rocky Talkie would like to extend our warmest wishes to Little Nell, who just turned 69! Nice. 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 So, Laura Elizabeth Campbell was born on May 24th, 1953, to parents Ruth and Ross. Her dad worked as a writer for the Sydney Daily Telegraph and started referring to his daughter in his works as Little Nell, referencing a Charles Dickens' story called The Old Curiosity Shop. Dad wrote a family life column, and presumably he created the moniker because he just didn't want to dox his kid. However, Nell actually used the name Laura until she was 17 and started going by Sonata or Sonny. I imagine that's Sony. No, it's actually Sonny rhymes with Donnie. Really? Yep, and I gave myself this line specifically because I knew that I was the only one who would pronounce it because it said in the bio, Sonny rhymes with Donnie. Wow. Hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) She wasn't called Little Nell by anyone but her dad until the 70s when she moved to Britain with her family, at which point she used it as a stage name as she tried to make it as a dancer. During this time, she worked at boring old day jobs like hawking merch at the Kensington Market with Freddie Mercury. You know, 
Lame shit like that. Like Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury? Yeah, like Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury. She used to make fun of him and say that his belly was pooching up over his jeans. Aw, what a queen. (laughs) So Nell got her big break in 1975, of course, when she auditioned for the role of our favorite groupie. She reprised a bizarro version of the role in Shock Treatment, where she played Nurse Ansalong. And after that, the rest is history. Nell signed a recording contract, released singles like Stilettos and Lipstick and Do the Swim, and showed her wonderful boobies to pretty much anyone with eyeballs. Myself included. (laughs) In the 80s and 90s, Nell opened up a couple of nightclubs and restaurants that closed down well before any of us youngins had a chance to go, but they seemed like they would have been poppin' AF. In 1995, Nell gave birth to her daughter, Matilda, who I personally have bought shots for that time she came to our show. Oh, yeah. To this day, uh, Nell still gets up to all sorts of cool shit. She's got a really, really strong online presence, which she uses to keep up with us, her devoted fans. And um, she attends all sorts of virtual conventions and Rocky Horror events with Tim, Pat, and Uncle Bear Bear. She's also got a Cameo account, and according to her site, is planning on coming back stateside really soon to start attending events IRL. And we'd be remiss if we forgot to mention, Nell adores her Instagram account and posts pretty much daily. Just a few days ago, she posted a whole bunch of childhood pictures along with the caption, Many of you have written in requesting photographic proof of my idyllic childhood, so here are a few glimpses. I was seven, Patrick ten, and Sally thirteen when Cressida was born, hence only appearing in the later photos. We were thrilled to have a new sibling and used to beg to be the one to hold her. Our maternal grandmother, Dimps, is doing just that in the last photo. Dad was forty-five when we got our first car a Holden, and Sal's pal Clarissa poses with us in the dressing up box outfits. Let me know if you would like to see more of life at Oxalis Cottage. I, uh, I was staring off into space for a second there. When I came back into focus, I was thinking, man, Aaron's life sounds very different from what I thought his (laughs) childhood was. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I guess her birthday is making her a little nostalgic. They're super cute pictures. You should go take a look if you want to see adorable baby Nell rolling with the homies. No word yet on how Nell will be celebrating her birthday today. But uh, knowing her, we're sure to get some photos of her birthday festivities very soon. So stay tuned for those. Happy birthday, Nell. We hope you get to eat some delicious cake and get all the presents on your Amazon wish list. And of course, if you'd like to check out any of Nell's online presences, we've got a link for you. In our show notes. Next up in global news, we've got an update on the Craig McLaughlin trial. Oh, God. No, 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 no. It's actually kind of a good one. For those of our listeners who may not know, absolute piece of human refuse, Craig McLaughlin played Frankenfurter for several years during the Australian tour of the Rocky Horror Show. Recently, five of his former co-stars and one crew member filed formal allegations against Craig, claiming that he had committed extremely overt sexual assault against them, sometimes even while they were on stage together in the middle of performances. In total, 11 women testified against Craig. 
Back in 2020, an Australian magistrate was forced to drop the charges against Craig on the grounds that there simply wasn't enough evidence to prove sexual assault brought forth by his co-stars. In the decision, the magistrate lamented that although the women were brave and honest, there simply wasn't enough proof to rule that the incidents amounted to sexual assault. After he was freed, Craig immediately filed a defamation lawsuit against one of his accusers, Whelan Brown as well as the Sydney Morning Herald for spreading falsehoods against him. Oogity boogity. This past Friday, Craig went public about the fact that he had applied for leave to abandon the case, although his rep was sure to remind the media that he actually preferred the term not proceeding with the case. You know, because it would be such a shame if everyone thought he was a little pussy-ass quitter. Can you imagine the fucking audacity? Anyway. So, under the terms of Craig's little baby back bitch decision to quit like a quitter because he knew he had no case and just wanted to scare people with bullshit, Craig was ordered to pay the defendant's legal costs, which amount to roughly $2.2 million, or approximately 800 franc jackets. He's also barred from bringing any further court proceedings over the alleged defamation. $2.2 million, eh? In a completely unrelated news story, Craig McLaughlin just sold his apartment for $1.4 million, $200,000 under what he was asking for it a few months ago. Wonder why? Little short on cash, Craig? Huh? 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 (laughs) So in response to Craig's complete bitch out, Whelan Brown made the following statement. We came forward for no other reason than to protect the women performing in the 2018 production of the show. So they didn't have to endure the same behavior that we did in 2014. That was our only intention. She goes on, I was then singled out and sued for defamation. My name was dragged through the mud and my character and own behavior was exaggerated and called into question. The past four and a half years have significantly traumatized me and the other brave women who spoke up at the time and afterwards. I am pleased this claim has been withdrawn, and I look forward to moving on with my life. I hope this is a reminder that women will stand up for themselves and each other, even when threatened by those more powerful. We here at Rocky Talkie would like to extend the warmest of fist bumps to Whelan the other 10 women who testified against Craig, and the journalists at the Sydney Morning Herald. We hope that you're all able to move forward with your lives without the weight of this trash bag dragging you down. If you'd like to read more about the case, we've got the Sydney Morning Herald's rundown linked for you in our show notes. Can you imagine having the fucking balls to fucking sue a newspaper for writing the news? Right. (laughs) Can I just, it makes me so mad. I didn't want to go read enough about it for, like, why he decided to drop it now. I assume something like, I mean, obviously, something completely damning to his case came out. So, like... Yeah, I don't know what it was. Those photos were just leaked. So that was, like, a thing. Or it might have just been the money. Because who the fuck is going to rule that you can sue a newspaper for defamation for writing about a suit? Like, he shot himself in the foot. Anyway... And with that, let's kick it on over to some community news. Alright guys, first up, in community news, 
I want to give a quick recap for last week's broadcast on our HPS Live from the Junior Chamber of Commerce players out in Pittsburgh of their fantastic performance of Reefer Madness that happened earlier this month. So if you missed it, well, you suck. It was fucking awesome. There was a fantastic video of the performance that uh, Kelsey over at JCCP uh, slapped together, and uh, I was super happy to get to broadcast it. Um, ton of fun. Absolute ton of fun. Everybody was so fucking awesome. There was a million performers on stage because, you know, it's JCCP. They got a million people. And, like, the amount of effort that goes into doing Reefer Madness just leaves my jaw on the floor every single time I see it. And it's not, it's not just the stuff that you would expect. It's not just that like, oh yes, they put 18 people on stage to do a dance number. Oh yes, everybody has perfectly screen accurate blocking for nearly everything. No, it's all the little stuff that they do. Because like, the show isn't hard enough already, so let's make sure we do all of the pop-ups that happen during the orgy. Oh, it, there's already too many characters, but you know, we really need somebody to play the clams. I, 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 I what does 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 your does your shadow cast out there not own a giant nine foot tall cross that Jesus can come in on because JCCP does what like what the fuck is this every single thing is ridiculous and I am so here for it <laughs> I I was blown away. Costumes were amazing. Choreography was amazing. Everybody did a great job. Um, the only criticism that I have, um, <clears throat> in Mary Jane, Mary Lane, your your choreography was absolutely perfect. However, I will note <clears throat> that Christian Campbell, when he throws a rock at, at Mary's window, throws left-handed because Christian Campbell is left-handed. And the only reason I know that is because I had to practice it for like three hours when we did it so that I wouldn't throw like a little bitch because I'm right-handed. <laughs> So what I'm hearing is it was ruined. Oh, absolutely destroyed by one infinitesimally small but yet critical piece of choreography. No, of course it wasn't. It was fucking amazing. Everything was fucking amazing. This was such a good show. I know neither one of you guys got to see it because uh, you were off doing, you know, whatever it is you guys do. Uh, I still have the video for it, so absolutely we're going to do a watch party for it. Like, you guys got to see this. It is so cool. And just... Makes me want to do fucking Reefer Madness. Can we do Reefer Madness here? We can, uh, right? I we nobody's stopping us. Nobody's saying no. <laughs> it it might be something that has been on the forefront of my brain. I would absolutely love to do Reefer Madness. I feel like everyone always talks about doing fun, non-Rocky Shadow casts, but it's like it's never gonna happen because we're too busy doing other shit. Like ever since I've been around, there's been talk of non-rocky shadow casts but i have not i have not seen that put into action once okay you weren't here last week when we had mix on air the amount of fucking work that it takes to put on a non-rocky shadow cast is astronomical like they were telling us about all the prep work that they have to do and they have like slides and slides and slides of blocking notes for everyone. Uh, and something like a hundred and twenty pages or something. Absolutely ridiculous. And you have to do all of the rehearsals and you have to have like there's like almost forty people in Reaver Madness. So you gotta have a cast of forty or you gotta have people 
like tripling up on rolls. So it's not exactly a walk in the park. It's fine. Don't have 40 people. Just do 18 costume changes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm not I'm not slighting us for not having done it. I'm just saying it's it's a very nice in theory sort of thing, but uh, I'm not Monday. putting my money in that camp. <laughs> so, well, you, you got to remember, talking about shadow casting shows that aren't Rocky is probably like the number four favorite thing for people on Rocky Cast to talk about. Yeah, it's like our national pastime. And and number three is not following through on anything that they talk about. So, <laughs> and number two is wearing vertical stripes. You know, you know what what would be fun and what would build from the already built in knowledge base of our. Shadow casters, the built-in knowledge base of having done Rocky, so it would be easier to shadow cast. One of the mm-hmm. Rocky pornos, because those already mimic Rocky Horror. So to shadow cast one of those, I feel like it just as easy as Rocky Horror. So if we want to branch out, that's where I'd go first. That really shows you aren't familiar with the choreography and the pornos. Yeah, there's a lot of people there. Like there's more people in the the. 2011 porno than there are in Reefer Madness by a wide margin. Dibs on Ron Jeremy. I get to fall asleep during the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, what if we did like a porno community watch party on RHPS Live? Would you guys be into that? (laughs) I am not broadcasting smut, even if it is Rocky smut. Like a virtual little circle jerk? You know, that's like my Friday nights already. You know, I could do it to a different uh, Zoom call though. That'd be fun. I will cut out all of the actual porn. You could blur it like in that uh, Mike oh, Myers God. thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listeners, get in touch with us. Would you be in for a virtual Rocky Horror Picture Show watch party on RHPS Live? Let us know. If we can peer pressure Aaron into it, we might be able to make it happen. There's a the 0% DVD. chance that this ever happens. I have access to the streaming platform. It lives in my home. You know, the number one thing about pornography producers, they're litigious. We, we're not charging for it. They can't prove damages. <laughs> All right. One thing I learned from the Craig McLaughlin trial. I know, we, we can do it, but be ready for that Zoom to be full of very, very sad people. Because I don't think anyone who's happy with themselves is showing up to the Rocky Horror Porno Zoom watch party. Challenge accepted. <laughs> right into us, listeners. Are you happy with yourself? Would you attend this party? Let's prove Jacob wrong. <laughs> Let's not. Next up, what do we got, Jacob? Next up, RKO has announced its Pride Month show tour schedule, which will be an absolute breath of fresh air after two years of almost exclusively drive-in performances throughout June. Providence's Illuminated Pride Parade will be held on Saturday, June 18th. And in preparation, RKO has booked eight Pride-themed shows all throughout New England, leading up to the big event. This includes a whole bunch of Rocky shows in Rhode Island and Connecticut, plus one extra special showing of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which will be held on June 4th at a venue called AS220 in Providence. AS220 will also be hosting a performance of Rocky on Friday, June 17th. Hedwig is going to be directed by friend of the show, Justin, and will be such a delightful little preview for the Hedwig show that we'll all get to experience together at RKO4. 
The Pride Tour festivities will run through Saturday, June 25th. The final show of the tour will take place at Moonrise Cinemas in Plymouth, Massachusetts. I mean, we're going to go to that. It's going to be fun. I, I absolutely cannot wait to take part in Archeo's big pride parade and all of the shit that's going on. Jacob, did you ever get to be part of one of the pride parades here in New York? Uh, I have been to a pride parade. Yeah, I was in, I think, last year's pride parade in NYC. It was, uh, it was a tiny one for us, for the Rock for Our Shadowcast. I think there was like seven or, or eight other people from the cast. Um, but it was COVID, and I didn't have a lot going on. So I was like, you know what? Why not Why not give the gays what they want? And so I donned on my Eddie costume and my <clears throat> fucking sexy leather vest and hit the blazing hot New York City streets and showed a little skin. Did you love it? Did you have a great time? Um, It was just walking, you know? There wasn't much to love or hate. It was just like a nice little, a l- nice little walk. Yeah, I, I guess maybe there's supposed to be other cool stuff that happens, but but I just felt like it was uh, it was a walk. I brought my scooter because I was in my my Eddie costume and I'm scooter Eddie, so I got to scooter when I got too tired of walking. So that was that was pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have any emotional connection or, or do anything really wowza wowza for the for the uh, podcast to share. Sorry, audience. <laughs> in fairness, last year's Pride Parade. Um, as I recall, was put on, like, they orchestrated it in, like, two days. The Pride Marshals got in touch with me 36 hours or something stupid before the parade was supposed to be on. It was, like, 10 p.m. on a Friday night. And they were like, hey, we're going to do a parade. It's going to be Sunday morning. Does NYC or HPS want to be involved? And I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, And we were in the middle of moving, so we, like, couldn't come... But we ended up wrangling together a full cast who went and marched and we had all the characters there. Everyone was in costume and it was smaller because I think the it wasn't advertised and it was so quickly put together. But it sounded like everyone had a pretty good time. I remember there was one time that we were stopped and everyone was doing the time warp and I had no idea what was going on and I still like... I'm terrible about knowing how to fucking time warp, and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I was just like in a in the middle of a bunch of people dancing for the camera, just just doing nothing, like dick in my hand, standing on my scooter. I felt so stupid and so bad because I was like ruining the the shadow cast <laughs> shot. I'm sure you did a great job, sweetie. You you don't really go to parades much, right? No, I did the. F- first pride parade when i joined the new york cast i'm pretty sure i already told this story back when we uh actually talked about last year's pride parade but that was what 60 some episodes ago so i'll tell the story again i was living in hell's kitchen uh which was just a few blocks from like where the parade was kicking off that year and my dumbass had volunteered my apartment for (laughs) pre getting ready festivities all that kind of stuff And the most distinctive thing I remember is that, like, I had volunteered the space. And at some point when I had talked about it, I was like, yeah. And, you know, guys come over, like, and get ready. And, like, I'll have beer. It'll be cool. Whatever. Now, my dumbass was like, haha, lol, I can say that because it's going to be, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. Who's going to want a beer at 9 o'clock in the morning? 
Well, you know who's going to want a beer at 9 o'clock in the morning? The New York City Rocky Horror Picture Show (laughs) cast. Because I remember Tom Amici walks in my front door, and this is before Tom was running the New York City cast. So cast member Tom Amici walks in my front door and goes, all right, Aaron, where's the beer? And I go, what? He's like, you said there was beer. And I'm like, it's 9 in the morning. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to the store. That's that's where the beer is. So 19-year-old Aaron went and bought beer at the Quarter Bodega uh, to kick off the 2005-6 New York City Pride Parade. It was Pride. You're allowed to sell beer to underage children on Pride. I don't think that's how that works. Well, if you are interested in checking out any of RKO's Pride shows... Tickets for all the events are on sale now, and you can visit them on the cast website at rkoarmy.com. All right, and this week, we've got a special treat for you guys. We have a write-in titled... Wow. The Disquiet in the Modern Succubus. <laughs> oh, Jacob, I'm sorry. That's not the title. That's the, the writer. That's the person who sent this. That makes a lot more sense because it's at the <laughs> header of the thing and there was no writer. I'm, I'm a dum-dum. Also, um, I, I want to point out it's um, the disquiet in the modern subconsciousness. You know, <laughs> I actually picked up on that, but I made a snap judgment as a writer. I was like, mm-hmm. Ugh, the, the disquiet in the modern subconscious. That sounds like the title of an essay. It's like on the fucking, you know, the modern world and shit. But the disquiet in the modern succubus, what the fuck is that? Who knows? That's a mystery. That's like, that's that's going to have our readers hooked and waiting to hear like what happens in the story. The disquiet in the modern subconscious. Like, I don't, I'm not, that doesn't, you know, I'm not interested. Eh, boop. Well, if you want what the fuck, I think we should keep going with this right in. Yeah. Honestly, good good directorial choice for the rest of this fucking thing. <laughs> All right. So this write-in comes from writer The Disquiet in the Modern Subconscious. And here is what he wrote. Hi, Rocky Talkie. Long-time writer, first-time listener. I know you can see these. Your inbox can't be that full, and I send enough of them the injury I sustained at your Halloween show in 2003, the only way I can cope is to relive my trauma through the lens of my trauma in many, many ways. Signed, The Disquiet in the Modern Subconscious. <laughs> right, so, um, not much of a right in there, but, uh, Mr. Modern Succubus has gone ahead and, uh, sent us a little script here that uh, I think he wants us to read. So it looks like there's a couple of parts here and I see some Brad and Janet stuff. So do you guys want to want to play Brad and Janet for this one? I don't see anything called Brad and Janet, but sure. Yeah, I don't see any I see Brad what you're going or any for. Janet. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, I'll I'll read the rest of the stage directions and there might be there might be something else in here I've got to do, but uh oh, I see I see now. Okay. Uh I stand corrected. So, um Brand and Jamant pack their car into the space. 30 miles away is a crashed car and a dead him. So, I'll be Jamant and uh Jacob can be Brand. I'll be Brand. All right. Oh, Brand. 
I wonder whatever could have happened to him. Don't worry, Jamet. I had him taken care of. Oh, Brad, do you mean- Yes, Jamet. I had them taken care of. Oh, Brad, do you mean you killed them? No, Jamet. I simply had someone killed them. Brad, you can't just have horrible things done to people you don't like. Well, I'll tell you what. If I had left him alone, he would be parked right here. Now are we to find a new parking space? Besides, you haven't even heard the viculars of the horrible things yet. Brad, did you flay again? Well, Jamet, I did nothing. Besides, say a few harmless words to a few harmful people. His skin looks mostly intact. Oh, good. It works <laughs> on at least the bottom 30th... That. It works... <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, good. It works on at least the bottom 30th percentile. I'm not thirsty. It's raining. No, no, Jamet. I'm referring to the graphs. <laughs> As you clearly cannot see, for you are an imbecile. The doctor has used very small needles with very fine thread to sew skin back to him once he was dead. You flayed again, didn't you? Oh, Brad. But now we have a parking spot near the castle where we might run into a, perhaps an alien. Hello. I am here also. Uh, hello. Hello. I am Richard O'Bernstein, and I approve of those bad things you don't like. Like if someone were to viculi flay. Many such people are ended that way. Now say goodnight, bitch, because you end today. Ha, push, push, kush, 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 I mean, it, it just says violent execution emojis. And I took that to mean he was giving the actor permission to do mm -hmm. the death. And that's what I yeah, did. No. Yeah, no, good, 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 uh, good improv there, yeah. I thought you liked him. He liked you. I lied when I said I did not torture that man. Ha, 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 ha. And scene. Well. Felt a little bit like a robot chicken segment. <laughs> Felt a little bit like I was having a strunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that at the beginning, in the first stage direction, the characters were clarified as Brand and Jamet. And through the entire script, Janet was Jamet. There was just Jamet and no one else. But Brand was nowhere to be found. It, the whole script, it was Brad. So, interesting. Yeah. There's some message there about something I don't get because I'm not a theater type. Uh, you know, you're, you're probably right. I liked Richard O. Bernstein. I am Richard O. Bernstein, <laughs> and I approve of those bad things you don't like. I love it. That's great. I'm going to use that in my life. Sweetie, so, did you have any thoughts? I'm looking up the email address for Bellevue Hospital. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm just going to just going to just going to forward this one right on over. <laughs> They'll know what to do with it. Or possibly the police, but I don't think they'd do anything. So Bellevue might be this this the best hope for this. Okay. This is this is a this is a beef I have. We were reading through this and there's a line Meg said uh, like if someone were to vehiculi flay, and Aaron corrected her. Aaron was like, it's vehiculi, and then Meg took it again. And I looked it up. It's not a fucking word. There is a make-believe word in this script, Meg pronounced, and Aaron was like, no, you pr- you mispronounced the make-believe word, Meg. So, uh, yeah, get off your hoity-toity <laughs> horse, Aaron. In his defense... I pronounced a, a non-make-believe word. I pronounced that make-believe word as a real word. And um, it wasn't. It wasn't vehiculi. That was my small, <laughs> imbezel brain. Oh, I thought you yeah, were just making Don't be an imbezel. <laughs> imbezel. Yeah, for those of you who aren't staring at this script, uh, the word is spelled I-M-B-A-S-E-A-L. So I'm basile, which I believe is to be pronounced Imbecile. You know, I feel like we did a pretty good job with this script, seeing as it was a cold read, and we clearly don't think the way that this writer um, does. But uh, thank you, the disquiet in our modern subconscious. Thank you for sending this our way, and we hope that you um, continue to write in. Hey, do do with that whatever. again. Yeah, I, this was this was a, yeah. this was good. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. Thank you, Mister Succubus. If you really liked listening to that and you've got your own Rocky-ish ideas and you've thought about what if I could put words into the mouth of Janet or Frank or Rocky or Brad or anyone, uh, please, dear God, write a script, (laughs) send it to us. That was the most fun I have had since I was in kindergarten and did that like rainbow thing with the, I I don't even fucking know, but it was fun. I had a, I had a gag. Rainbow tent. Rainbow tent. The rainbow, yeah, like you, you, everyone, it was like a circle. Everyone grabbed it and you like flung it up and then ran inside and then ran back out. Oh, fuck yeah, rainbow. This, I like the, I like doing the popcorn balls thing, right? Where they put the balls in the middle of it and you pop them all up in the air. Oh, childhood. So yeah. Please do that. We will. We can't pay you money because that's just not how it works. Absolutely but, not. But we'll we'll <laughs> say you got a big penis. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Fucking modern succubus clearly has a huge magnum. Oh dog. my god! It's bigger than my fucking foot. Jesus. I was gonna have sex with it, but then I was like, no, I'm gonna lose my asshole. I'm gonna lose my <laughs> asshole, and my intestines <laughs> are gonna fall out. Jacob, you've got to hold yourself back. For, for reference, Jacob wears size four women's, so... Eh. Got dainty little piggies. <laughs> I do not wear size four women's shoes, thank you very much. And if any of our listeners uh, want to write in, it doesn't have to be fanfic scripts. It can be any cool shit that you're doing, that you're working on, that your cast is working on, that you want us to talk about on air. Send us an email to rockytalkypodcast at gmail.com. And you, too, can have the most magnum of all the dongs. And with that, let's move on to our next segment, Jacking It with Jacob. All right, everybody, let's get down to it. Jacking It with Jacob. Sorry, Jacob, you're going to have to go jerk it in the corner by yourself, because I think we're going to take this one. So today, I want to take this segment 
and I'm going to be an absolutely devastating downer. I'm sorry in advance out there, guys, but but this one hit so close to home. On May 19th, community legend William Stephen Brennan passed away at the age of 57. You all knew him as Bill. Many on the New York City cast and in the wider community knew him as Uncle Bill, a title that was lovingly bestowed by those he welcomed to the Rocky community throughout his over 30-year tenure. Bill first saw Rocky Horror on his 15th birthday in 1980. He joined the Linden, New Jersey cast the very next night. The week after, he attended his first showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show at New York's 8th Street Playhouse and joined that cast as well. In his younger years, he was a riffraff, and as time went on, he put his own amazing spin on everyone's favorite ex-delivery boy, Eddie, and Mr. Noneck himself, the criminologist. For 20 years, Bill performed nonstop with the New York City cast. In that time, he was the New York cast's most prolific promoter. He flyered the town with ads for the one and only New York City cast. He also produced many of the fantastic Rocky Horror events at nightclubs all over Manhattan in the late 80s, all the way through to the early 2000s. And these are iconic clubs that many of you out there would recognize. The Limelight, the Palladium, the Hellfire Club, Webster Hall, the Roxy, and many, many more. And these weren't just your run-of-the-mill shadow casts. These were live shows without the movie and performed to the original Roxy soundtrack. They were a unique and groundbreaking concept, bringing Rocky Horror out of the movie theater and into the heart of the New York nightlife. Bill's dedication to bringing Rocky everywhere it could find an audience was years ahead of its time, and he pioneered a formula that the community has only recently come to embrace. Bill hung up his weekly fishnets in the early 2000s, after 20 years of weekly performances. But his love for Rocky certainly didn't stop when he stepped out of the spotlight. He continued to guest perform with the New York City cast and attend community events as often as he could. Many New York cast members performing today still recall with excitement the moment that they finally got to meet the legendary Bill Brennan. Bill's second love was shock treatment, and he loved playing Bert Schnick most of all. He helped run the National Shock Treatment Convention cast, and he was a staple at New York's shock treatment performances. He was even the vice president of the Shock Treatment fan club. You can hear Bill alongside Madman Mike doing the official commentary on the Shock Treatment DVD. In 1995, just in time for Rocky Horror's 20th anniversary, Bill started the Crazed Imaginations fanzine. In the very first issue... His editorial reads, First and foremost, the writers, artists, and layout persons are going to try our hardest to make sure that this will be a universal magazine. That is, a magazine that Rocky Horror Picture Show fans from New York to California, Great Britain to Mexico, can pick up and enjoy equally. I'm sure he couldn't have foreseen it in 1995, but Crazed Imaginations would go on to be the longest-running Rocky Horror fan publication and was cherished by the entire community. In the early days, Bill wrote the editorials that introduced every issue. He also wrote quite a selection of fan fiction, community updates, and many, many articles. He handed off the reins of Crazed to Ruth Finkwinter in 1998, 
but continued to write the occasional piece throughout the publication's eventual conclusion in 2006. It truly was a universal magazine that was enjoyed by fans all over the world. Bill also appeared in Sal Piero's book Creatures of the Night 2 in 1995 and appeared in VH1's 20th anniversary Halloween special as Bert Schnick. In 1998, Bill helped arrange for Little Nell to appear at the New York City convention, and again, he helped wrangle the star for the 2000 Allentown Con. At conventions, Bill was always the life of the party. If you somehow haven't heard the story, ask Madman Mike about the fat drunk guy in the baby crib. It's a story <laughs> from Megan Tabor's 1996 Rocky Con. No, Bill is not the guy in the crib. <laughs> or, you know, maybe just find me at RKO4. I wasn't there. And I sure as hell can't tell the story as well as Bill or Madman. But if you ask, I'll, I'll do my best. For his lifelong commitment to the community, Bill was honored in October of 1999 at the El Fishnet Fiesta Convention in Tucson, Arizona, with the Rocky Horror community's highest distinction, the Boss Award, becoming the fourth ever recipient. Bill's passing is truly an unexpected blow to all that knew him. Our sincere condolences go out to his wife, Adama, and his entire family, both nuclear and chosen. In the third issue of Crazed Imaginations, Bill wrote a very touching editorial about the passing of Patricia Quinn's late husband, and I think he can wrap this up better than we can. Bill wrote, I'm not sure I have the right words, or even if there are right words for what I'm trying to communicate, but Rocky Horror certainly has strong parallels to real life. It's not just pictures on a screen, at least not to me and a few hundred of my closest friends. It's more. It's even more than real life at times, because each week, Frank and Brad and Janet are back, lost in the rain, at the castle, doing the time warp, and learning about each other and themselves. Kind of like the picture show called Life that we all star in each day of our lives. And there's a lesson to be learned in Rocky Horror, a different lesson for each of us, if we only look, listen, and feel hard enough. Lessons in life, lessons in love, and lessons in endings and in new beginnings. Or so I think. How about you? Any thoughts? I'd like to know. So from all of us here at Rocky Talkie, thank you, Bill. You're an inspiration to all of us, and you will be deeply, deeply missed. Two absent friends. Two absent friends. Two absent friends. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Brand and Jamant pack their car into the space. 30 miles away is a crashed car and a dead him. So I'll be Jamet, and uh, Jacob can be Brand. I'll be Brand. All right. Oh, Brand, I wonder. Oh, Brad, I wonder whatever could have happened to him. Don't worry, Jamet. I had him taken care of. Oh, Brad, do you mean? Yes, Jamet. I had them taken care of. Oh, Brad. Do you mean you killed them? No, Jamant.
I simply had someone killed them. Brad, you can't just have horrible things done to people you don't like. Well, I'll tell you what. If I had left him alone, he would be parked right here. Now are we to find a new parking space? Besides, you haven't even heard the viculars of the horrible things yet. Brad, did you flay again? Well, Jamit, I did nothing. Besides, say a few harmless words to myself. Nope. <laughs> say a few harmless words to a few harmful people. His skin looks mostly intact. Oh, good. It works <laughs> on at least the bottom 30th... That. It works... <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh... Oh, good. It works on at least the bottom 30th... Fucking cock-sucking <laughs> fuck dicks. Oh. oh, good. 30th. 30th. Ah, okay. Oh, good. It works on at least the bottom 30th... <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> Percentile. Aaron, you're gonna have to clean that up. I'm not thirsty. It's raining. No, no, Jamit. I'm referring to the graphs. As you can clearly see... Nope, as you <laughs> As you clearly cannot see... For you are an imbecile. The doctor has used very small needles with very fine thread to sew skin back to him once he was dead. You flayed again, didn't you? Oh, Brad. But now we have a parking spot near the castle where we might run into a perhaps an alien. Hello. I am here also. Uh, hello. Hello. I am Richard O'Bernstein, and I approve of those bad things you don't like. Like if someone were to vehiculi f Like if someone were to vehiculi flay. It's, it's vehiculi, but okay. Oh. Like if someone were to vehiculi flay. Many such people are ended that way. Now, say goodnight, bitch, because you end today. And then ah, it just push, says... Push, 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 and I took that to mean script, he was but... giving the actor permission to do mm -hmm. the death. And that's what I yeah, did. No. Yeah, no, good, 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 uh, good improv there, yeah. I thought you liked him. He liked you. I lied when I said I did not torture that man. Ha, 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 ha. And scene. Well, um, 